So the topic of today's episode is focused all around body confidence, body image. Like you guys know, this is something that I'm working on myself at the moment. And I have an incredible guest joining me today, Brianna Artiega. And what she's going to do is to kick off this episode, she's actually going to read some spoken word about her journey with body image as well. So we're going to kick that off now before we dive into the depth of today's episode. Who is Brianna Artiega? Well, I am a professional struggler. I struggled as a child to meet the expectations put on me to be good, to be faithful to the church. I struggled while looking for validation in men who treated me as a trophy for show, but shadowed my boldness with control and demeaning words. I struggled with the seduction of alcohol that promised fun, but found myself digging further, looking to fill the emptiness with drugs, trying to numb all while starving my body, running miles on miles to get away from my guilt and shame, taking laxatives to punish myself for not looking a certain way. I even struggled when I finally got down on my knees, seeking some relief. But how do you believe in a God that you can't see? I worked fervently to earn his love, but failed to meet my own requirements for holiness. So I went back to what I was comfortable with, the seemingly endless loop of searching for control. Finding solace in controlling men that guaranteed consistency and a sense of false protection. Decreasing my food intake day after day only to find myself losing inhibition more often to the binges. So sick of seeking control that I'd sabotage myself with drugs and alcohol just so I could feel free from the negative thoughts, the self-judgment, the self-hatred. Basically, I was just sick of being me. And it all came to a head when I had a powerful moment where I was given a choice to keep living, gasping for air, hating my body, feeling like nobody loved me, or or to believe that my struggles had purpose, that I was meant to make a change. And with that simple sliver of faith, everything did change. That was in December of 2020. Now it's the middle of this next year, and I can confidently say that I have never been the same. So what changed? I made a choice that I was more important than anything else in this world, that loving me was my primary goal, that it wasn't selfish. I wasn't conceited. Loving me was exactly what I needed because I choose me. I got really good at struggling and coming out on top. Now, this doesn't make my life candy and roses. Your girl works hard to fight the negative thoughts. It is tough, but it gets easier. You appreciate the flows and the ebbs get less invasive. The rocking of the boat is more of a ride. There will always be triggers, obstacles, struggles, but you can be ready. And that's what I teach. I teach you how to love you so the unpredictability of what comes next doesn't steal your confidence because you know who the F you are. A powerful person who struggles but has purpose is worthy of love and anything you want is just at your fingertips. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Empower with M. I am your host, Emily Jane Saroff, but you can call me M. I hope you're ready to expand your mindset, raise your vibrations, break through limiting beliefs, and to seriously start owning your power. But before we dive into today's episode, if you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss out on any of my episodes. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I sure am ready. So let's get empowered. That was so powerful. <laughs> Breathe. <laughs> I am so grateful that you've read that and shared that with our audience today. So first of all, Brie, welcome to the podcast. 
Hi, I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) I'm so happy for you to be here as well. So why don't we dive in and you tell us a little bit about, you know, what that spoken word means to you and why you wrote it. Yeah. So I think in preparation for this call, I was thinking about who I am. And in reality, I could go through like, you know, all of my struggles and what's brought me to this place, but it's really about my heart behind it and feeling like my whole story is I have all these things like body image issues, you know, disordered eating behaviors, like not feeling lovable. But at the core of it is that I felt alone. And it's my biggest fear is being alone. And I know I'm not the only one. And so when I started to write out, this didn't start as a spoken word. It started as me just trying to tell my story and it it evolved. And that's my favorite type of writing when I like don't even know that I'm coming up with a spoken word. I was, oh, this, this is good. <laughs> um, but I think that it's like a divine uh, word that I get that I just need to speak to the world. And I think this one in particular was meant to make somebody out there feel less lonely, that all of your struggles, everything that you've encountered in your life is for a purpose. And I think when you come to that revelation in that place that all of it is for something, then things really start to change because you start seeing the good in all of the bad experiences. And that's kind of been my journey over the last year. I mean, I've been on my intuitive eating and and body image healing journey for a couple of years now, but this last year has really been about stepping into purpose. And when you were reading it, like I could feel how much emotion you have packed into that. So like, give me a little bit of insight, you know, what sort of impact has that had on your own, you know, journey through your own body image and, uh, and what emotional impact has it had on you or transformation has it had on you since writing that and reading it and being able to share it? I think it centered me, like grounded me very, very much. So I feel like reflecting back on who you are and seeing the words and feeling the passion and the, and the fire about who I am, like that my story is here and I'm sharing it to, to make an impact. I think when you know who you are, you operate differently in life. You start to do things that scare you. You start to step out in faith. You start to challenge society's pressures. You know, you start, you start questioning is this right for me? Is what I'm being told actually truth? Or am I just accepting it because someone who I I thought was important told me? And I think that's a huge issue in our society today with our young people and having social media and just accepting whatever their favorite influencer says is truth. Oh my gosh, it's gold. Everything she says is gold. But I think what I have learned even just in the, I wrote this like a couple of weeks ago is like, check yourself all the time is what you're hearing is what you're intaking and what you're feeding on. Is it truth for you as the individual? And that comes, you can only filter that when you know who you are and you're not being told who you are, if that mm. makes sense. Total sense. And thank you so much again for sharing that because I know how, you know, personal that piece is. And it sheds so much into who you are and the struggles you've been through. And I think that's so powerful that you're able to like stand up and share that with others. Then they don't feel alone in their struggles as well. Right. So what I would love for you to do is you've obviously like, you know, coming straight into this episode, you've just been full vulnerable, (laughs) like drop all guns and just 
straight in, you know, with the vulnerability. So what I'd love for you to do is just give a little bit of insights to our listeners about, you know, who you are and what you do and, you know, what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, um, I'm a confidence and fitness coach and that combination is kind of odd. I feel like it's such a strange thing, but I started off as a personal trainer for a couple of years and in the personal training industry, it's very physique oriented. It's very, you know, get your body right, get your body right. And um, when COVID happened, it like clicked for me. I'm like, this is wrong. Like, this is not, this is not for me. Like, I care about people's hearts. I care about their minds. I care about what they are believing about themselves. And so I made the switch into online coaching and I tried to do fitness and it just pained me that people were so, you know, distraught about their bodies. And I started working with people on their body image and their body dysmorphia and and what they viewed themselves as. And I realized that confidence is at the root of that. And your confidence comes from knowing exactly who you are. It comes from loving yourself fully. And so, yes, I do fitness. Like I do gym programs. I help people like get into activity and learn how to intuitively eat and live a healthier lifestyle. But my main priority for all of my clients is to teach them how to be confident in who they are in their bodies in life to make take risks to do things that scare the crap out of them. And so that that's kind of what I wanted to share today on the podcast is really like building confidence through, you know, getting through some of those self image and body image issues that society tells us who we are all the time. And I'm done with it. I'm ready for people to start telling themselves who they are and start stepping into their full potential. And I love that so much that you're obviously all about fitness and helping people have those fitness transformations. But in the process of doing that, you know, you put a heavy focus on the mindset side of things. And like, this is something that I've been talking about on my stories recently as well, because I mean, as you know, like I have my own struggles when it comes to body image and like a lot of the time, I think in the fitness industry, we're so focused on like getting to that, like lean physique, getting those abs, like looking shredded, uh, looking like, you know, that person that we idolize on social media. And we forget that unless we're going to be working on strengthening our mindsets at the same time as working towards that goal, the struggle you might find is you're never going to be satisfied even when you reach that goal because you haven't solved the problems that are going on in your head. So I'm really excited to talk to you about body image, self-image yeah. and you know, building confidence today because I know that I need it and I also know that a lot of other people out there need it as well. So do you want to like kick it off by talking a little bit about your own story and journey with you know body dysmorphia and body image and all of these things? Yeah, sure. So I think, you know, we all as women, I I don't feel like any woman is unscathed by societal pressures to be thin. I think that that is unfortunately a part of our growing up period. And it just depends on what age you're affected. It may be in the early, earlier ages from eight, eight years old. I've heard girls have, you know, issues with their bodies to me. I started in about when I was 14 and I didn't know that I was larger. I felt like I, I had no clue. <laughs> I was into sports and I did well. I performed well. There was never any question of whether or not my body was wrong until um, a diet was introduced to me. And it was like, oh, you think I should be on a diet? And then it started to look at myself and be like, okay, something's maybe wrong with my body. And then when I dropped a significant amount of weight naturally, because I was doing a lot of sports one summer. 
I got so much attention. And that's where the male validation came in and started to mess with my confidence where I was like, when I'm skinny, when I'm this weight, I get male attention and I never had male attention before. And that kicked off a whole, like all throughout my twenties of the pursuit of thinness where I, you know, took drastic measures, um, had, you know, disordered eating behaviors and, you know, all of the things from exercise bulimia, orthorexia, you know, uh, the laxatives, the low carb diets, the, you know, not eating until, you know, intermittent fasting, all of that. And the yo-yo dieting, it, it ruins your metabolism. And eventually I got into university at Cal- California Polytechnic, way to go, <laughs> Mustangs. <laughs> and um, I went to school to learn how to be skinny. Like, I would never say that to you back then. I went to school to be a fitness professional. I wanted to be in the fitness industry, but really I wanted to learn how to be thin and stay thin. And I didn't realize that until years later, until I started my healing journey. And I was like, wow, all of my decisions in my early 20s were based on how do I become smaller? And because I had low self-confidence, I didn't do the things that I always wanted to do. I didn't pursue my master's degree. I didn't go you know, traveling on my own because I thought my body wasn't good enough to be on the beach in Costa Rica. You know, I stayed in a real, in really toxic relationships because I thought that's what I deserved because I was too fat to be with anybody else. There's a lot of things that I look back on and I just want to hug that girl and tell her, you don't have to change. You don't have to be a different body size. And there came to a point I was personal training and I had been on some crazy diet and I, I looked good. Like I looked really good and I would never see it for myself. But I remember grabbing my stomach fat and falling on my floor in front of my mirror and just bawling my eyes out, wanting to crawl out of my skin. And I get emotional because that moment reminds me of why I do this. Like it is so important that we change our mindsets around our bodies because it is consuming and it's consuming our young people. And it's taking them away from what they're truly meant to do. And I let myself stay in that place for so long. And I'm just done with it. I'm done with watching my friends body bash themselves and engage in that behavior together where they're like, look at my love handles. No, but look at my thighs. And it's, it's, it's culture. It's wrong. What we're doing to each other is wrong. And, and, and I just want to see everybody healed from that. <laughs> so I had to do the healing myself you know, and, um, I'm still healing. I think we always are all still healing. I'm not above bad body image days. I'm not above the feeling fat feelings, but what I can do is help empower other women to get through those moments way quicker. And I did all the things I went to therapy, I got dietitians. Um, my biggest thing that I did was work on my mindset and that's when things really sped up and started to change and living comfortably in your own skin is hard work because you have to go against what everybody else is doing. What everyone is telling you is, is okay. You have to be okay living in a different body size than what society tells you is beautiful. And that's tough, especially for someone like me, who's constantly been seeking male validation and the male gaze has been conditioned 
to look for thin, tall, beautiful, curvy, whatever it is at the time. It changes every five to 10 years of what we're supposed to look like, <laughs> you know, but it's, it's, uh, it's hard work to keep, keep your mindset on being who you are instead of looking like you should for society. So I don't know if that answered your question. Really, <laughs> 100%. And like, thank you so much for your vulnerability as well. Like, you know, I really do appreciate how open you're being about sharing your story and sharing the struggles and also the emotions that come up for you still, you know, like you've come so far in your journey and being able to still obviously open up about those emotions that you still carry. It's very powerful to be able to speak and hear these things from you. And I resonate so much with what you have shared as well, which is, again, why I'm so glad that you're sharing your story, because I know that there's going to be so many others that resonate with it as well. You know, when you were talking about the experience that you've had looking in the mirror and then being brought to tears by what you're looking at, I know I've experienced this and people around me have experienced this. Like for me, it was literally the other week, you know, in terms of my sort of fitness journey at the moment, you know how invested I used to be into my fitness, right? Like six out of seven days a week, working out as hard as I can. Still at that time, despite the fact I had, you know, six abs that I could see when I was taking my photos, I still was unsatisfied with what I was looking at. And now that I've sort of stepped back a little bit from the intensity of my training, that's where like my body image has now gotten worse because I look in the mirror and again, grabbing my own stomach, like feeling sick, the feeling that I sort of get is I feel sick, like looking at uh, who I am and like how I let myself get here. And I do like quotation marks because I'm not overweight. I'm not overweight. I For some people, they don't even see a difference. But for me, like I see a difference and that's the hardest thing to sort of uh, handle and be able to move forward with. And the other thing that I really connected with that you shared as well was the male attention. And this 100% would go both ways. Like I am 100% certain that there are men out there who feel the same way, but in the sense of female attention or, you know, whatever it is for you. And I guess when I reflect on it, for me, I think a lot of my body image issues sort of stemmed around high school, right? When you're starting to get to that age where, you know, you're interested in guys or girls all of a sudden, then you start to become more concerned about how you appear. And for me, my biggest issues was actually when I'd go through breakups. And in my head, my mentality was work out really, really, really hard. Get your body to be at this like absolute point where your ex is going to look and want you back. And then they'll come back to you and they'll want to be with you again because your body is just like, oh my gosh. And it's the worst mindset that you could possibly be in. And that sort of started for me from such a young age. Like my first breakup was I was 18. And so that's when that started for me. And then it was a pattern that I started to see would appear over the years as well. So yeah, like completely resonate with that as well. And I appreciate you so much opening about up about those experiences that you've had. So, I mean, is there anything that you wanted to feed off of that? Otherwise, like, do you want to sort of tell us a bit about why it is that we have these struggles and yeah. I guess we're talking about where it comes from? Yeah, yeah, I will. And it, touching on the male thing it's the thought of you're not a you're not enough as you are they left you because you're not enough and then we look for ways to change ourselves so that we can become enough and the biggest lie that the fitness industry got us to believe is that it's your fault that you're fat which it's bullshit 
Like, sorry for my language, but it's bullshit. It's your fault. You're fat. And while yes, you can make better choices or whatever, that idea that I can control my weight and it's my fault if I gain or gain weight, like you've experienced with your, in the recent place that you're in with your fitness, you, that feeling of disgust, where does it stem from? Well, because society, the fitness industry has told you if you gain weight, it's your fault and you're the only one to blame and you're, you're losing control and you're lazy and you're not disciplined. And it's all those, you are not enough as you are, which is absolutely not true because I know you, you're an amazing person. You're extremely disciplined. You're extremely a go-getter. You're empowering other people to be their best selves. Why is it that our body dictates our worth in the world? But speaking on where it comes from, it's society, right? Like diet culture. So diet culture has told us that it's your fault, you're fat, therefore you have to fix it. And here's this diet, try this and it'll fix you. If you do this, you'll be happy. If you do this, you'll be confident, right? Me and you as mindset coaches know that that is not the case. And so these people get trapped in the diet cycle that's that they're constantly planning a diet or on a diet, right? And I've worked with clients like this who just, you know, when they started working with me, they're like, she doesn't make me diet. Like she doesn't, she doesn't have me on a diet plan. Like I don't, I don't, I've never not been on a diet. Like I, I don't remember a time that I haven't been trying to diet or thinking about dieting. And it's, that's that consumption of the mind that I'm talking about that is stealing our potential because if you're constantly worried about what you look like and you're constantly overanalyzing and overthinking what you're eating, judging yourself for if you moved enough that day, calling yourself names, fat, lazy, undisciplined, because you spent an hour on the couch watching TV instead of an hour in the gym. It's those types of things that hold us back. But anyway, so diet culture is to blame. And we see it We've seen it since we were young girls. I mean, think of Disney princesses, Ariel, Jasmine, they're all skinny. They all got hourglass shapes. They got big boobs. Like I, I, my body did not look like that at 15 years old. I think those girls were supposed to be that age. Like (laughs) that's crazy. What percent of the population actually has that? And it's in a cartoon. And then you look at other, you know, Things like Saved by the Bell. I don't know if you're old enough for Saved by the Bell. They were idolized. And we have Britney Spears with like no, no, no butt at the time, but she was still idolized as a female figure of what we should look like, right? So it's been ingrained into us as a small age. And then on top of it, you have family, right? You have friends who make comments. You shouldn't eat that. Oh, like, you know, no one's going to love you if you're, if you're that size, you know, like people say horrendous things to their children and it sticks. There's like these moments that we have where somebody said something about our bodies. Like I'll never forget. My grandfather told me that I was too fat. He took my hand, slapped it and said, you're too fat. And I'm like, I'm 13 years old. (laughs) I didn't think I was fat. I didn't know I was fat, you know, like and I wasn't, I was just a, a full-bodied girl, I would call it, you know, but these things happen and they get ingrained into us. And then we take it on as identity, right? In the same respect, when you enter the fitness industry, it gets worse because now you've gone from fat to fit. Now I'm a fit girl. Oh, you're, you're healthy. You shouldn't eat that. Oh, you're healthy. Do you work out like two hours a day? I'm like, I don't, want to, but now I feel like I have to, you know, not, 
feeling like when I go to a party, I can't have cake because I'm a fitness person. I I'm a healthy person. So healthy people don't eat that. And then people like to comment on your food choices because it makes them feel better about themselves. Right. So you have this inflow of people talking to you plus diet culture, which is just feeding you all these lies about who you are. And then, you know, it's just all bred into us since we were young, that thinness and now more like fitness is, is perfection is beauty. And if you're not thin and if you're not fit then you're not good enough. Right. So that's kind of how it all starts, um, is through media. And when we were kids, I have so much that I want to bounce back at you off that. Let's go. (laughs) Like everything you said there. And like, first and foremost with the media, right? Like I remember I would watch TV shows as a kid, like things like high school musical was like one of my Mm -hmm. favorite movies ever. And I remember like watching these Disney channel movies in particular and thinking, oh my gosh, like these 16 year olds look like women, like these 16 year olds, <laughs> they got boobs, they got butts, they got the curves, they've got the ads. And I would, as a 16 year old, sit there and go, but how? Like, like, how? <laughs> and then it only like realized, I was only able to realize a couple of years later that, well, these actors aren't 16. They've got 20 something year olds playing, you know, these young school kids. And because I used to literally say to myself, people in America look so much more developed than us here in Australia. Like that's <laughs> oh, what I know. That's what yeah. was in my head. I was like, Americans have like superstar bodies from such a young age. Like how? And then I realized that they're not actually 16. They're in their 20s. Like they're adults, right? Playing that's the crazy, role yeah. of a young person. And so that was like one thing for me that I realized was a misinterpretation. And then I sort of embodied that. But something else that you said about, you know, your grandfather slapping you on the hand. I Mm. have an uncle and me and my sister, every single time we would see this uncle, like I don't even know how young we were when this started, but every single time he'd see us, he'd go, you guys look like you've been eating too many sausages. (gasps) (laughs) No, I'm so sorry. I would die. Exactly (laughs) that. Every single time he'd see us, oh, you've been eating too many sausages again. And like <laughs> that stuck with us. Like that we would be like sitting there like, why, like, why are you saying that? Why are you calling us fat? Because we mm-hmm. were never fat. We were never overweight children, but yet we'd constantly be shamed by him for whatever reason he was saying it every yeah. single time we would see him. Mm-hmm. And so it's crazy how those little experiences can really carry on and you don't necessarily realize that they've had an impact on you, but then, you know, there are little things like you go have a barbecue. Oh, I can't have too many sausages. (laughs) (laughs) And like, we have lots of barbecues here in Australia. So just saying on like a more serious note, something else that you really said that stood out for me was the fit girl sort of image, right? Like once you become a fit girl, like you can't go backwards because for me going back to the gym now, Like the biggest thing that goes through my head is like, I will walk in wearing a flanny, covering myself up, walk out the same way, not want to look in the mirrors because in my head, I'm like, all of these people have been seeing me at my fittest when I've been most committed. And now I'm coming in and they're probably shaming me in their head saying she's gained weight. 
she's put on size, she looks fat, like all of these things that I start constructing in my own head, which then adds to the weight of having to like, you know, the the struggle with confidence there might already be to actually get yourself back in there. So I, yeah, like resonate with everything you said there. And my biggest goal right now is to like sort of break this cycle of, because it's a cycle that I find myself going through is I get really, really fit. I lose it because I obviously can't balance everything at the same time. And maybe my focus goes into the business or into more self-care and just taking rest. And then I backtrack a little bit. And so then in my head, I'm like, okay, I've got to like go all in, intensely train, intensely diet to get back to there. But because that's an unsustainable approach, it keeps going through that cycle. So why don't you share a little bit with us about, you know, the steps that you would suggest to take uh, when it comes to healing from, you know, these body image struggles you have and actually developing even a healthier relationship when it comes to fitness and eating, you know, I don't want to say diet because I hate the word diet, but eating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, and I, yeah, I definitely feel your pain in that. And I literally was just talking with someone about the shame of going back to the gym because it is a real fear. And the one thing that I'll say about that is, you know, People will say all the time that the gym is a place for people to work on themselves, right? But when you're feeling those fears, it's like, that doesn't matter to you. You're like, no, like I should be better than this, right? So what I would recommend in those moments is creating affirmations of, I don't go to the gym so other people can enjoy my body. I go to the gym so that I can enjoy my body. And there's something that clicks when you transform that mindset into, I do this because I care for me, as opposed to, I do this because I need to look a certain way. So that jumps into my first tip on like how to get body image resilience really, which is, you know, training yourself to look at yourself as more than a, more than just a body because society makes, tells us we are our bodies. Right. They say, like, if you're a thin person, that's who you are. If you're a fit girl, that's who you are. Right. When in reality, we are our souls, we are our brains, we are our hearts. Right. And a lot of women, people, all people live outside of their bodies. It's called self objectification, right? Where we live in a world where we, it's, um, what's that quote by Charles Hull? Horton Cooley. I am not what I think I am. I'm not what you think I am. I am what I think you think I am. So we live in a perspective of what do they think about my body? So if you're sitting at a restaurant and someone is facing you, you think, oh, can they see my fat roll facing this way? And then you like think about the person behind you and you're like, oh, like, can they see my fat rolls back there? And then you think of the server when they come up to you and they're looking at you from a downward perception. You're like, oh, like, should I cover myself here? And it's the little things that we do, but it's because we're living outside of our bodies. And so my first tip is to prioritize how you live over how you look, meaning that it's time to like stop missing the events in your life that you want to do because you're isolating and hiding your body. So trying new things needs to become your priority, not working out, you know, eating the food that you enjoy needs to become a priority, not how can I eat to get skinny. And that's a really hard concept for a lot of people to understand. It's the one, one of the three things that I require from my clients is when I work with them is that you have to choose yourself over what you look like. 
because in my program, I don't work on weight loss. I don't work on physique. I don't work to get you to the body shape that you want. Will you grow bigger glutes? Absolutely. We're going to be doing squats, deadlifts, and hinges. We're going to be doing it. <laughs> like, But you have to prioritize how you're living in your body over how you look. The second one is to detach from your body image. And detachment doesn't mean that you don't own anything. Detachment means that nothing owns you. Meaning that this is your home. Like your body is where your soul lives. And if you stop living in a place of, I need it to look a certain way for someone else. And instead, how can I take care of this home that I live? I live in the same body all the days of my life. And I think we have this fabricated idea because of social media that because there's a still frame on a phone, that that's who we are on the still frame. That's, that's me right there. No, you are holding the phone. You are sitting in whatever position you're sitting, you have hair that you have. It's the, in the array that you have it, then that is who you are. And I think with social media, it's like, we all get to post these still shot images of where we were in a time, but your body is ever evolving. What we eat becomes us, you know, how we move that's it's moving our souls and our spirits. And so detaching from the body image and living in the home that is your body. And to do that, I've had to cover my full length mirror for months. Like for months, I couldn't, I couldn't look at my full, my full length mirror because it wasn't serving me. All I would do when I looked at it was judge myself and say, you're not enough. And if I can't handle looking at my full body in the mirror, I need to be more present. What is going to make me get in tune with where I am physically in space and time, not looking at myself? through what I think others will see, but feeling my own skin, feeling my own muscles, feeling my own body. The third one is playing with your passions to uncover purpose. Because if you don't know why you're alive on this earth, then you let other people define your worth and your purpose. And society wants you to believe that your sole purpose is to be beautiful. It wants you to be an ornament. It wants you to decorate yourself and present yourself to be judged because they make money off of it. It's an economic, you know, business. Beauty industry is millions and trillions of dollars. And who are the number one spenders? Women. We spend money and we spend like, how much would you say that you spend on beauty products every month? I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> it's, it's it's probably a lot, right? And like, and I do the bare minimum. I'm like maybe lotion at night, like, but I'm still wearing makeup right now. I still have hair product in my hair. I spent time, right? Probably an hour getting myself ready today. Why? Well, because this is what makes me feel beautiful. But you know, they're profiting off of us. So playing with your passions to uncover your purpose makes you realize that there's more to life than presenting yourself for the world to be judged. You know, social media has us all twisted too. And a lot of us are trying to be, you know, on social media platforms. And it's important to look nice and present yourself a certain way. I'm not saying that women need to stop wearing makeup and stuff. I'm not saying all that. But what I'm saying is, you know, you have to get passionate about something. If you don't know what you're passionate about, then you need to start trying new things because you don't, you know, and a lot of that is held back by fear. Well, I don't want to be bad at 
bad at something new, but you just have to try, (laughs) you know, is it art? Is it singing? Is it helping people? Is it getting a new job? Is it, you know, counseling? Like, what is it that makes you feel alive? And in that, your purpose will come to you when you seek it out, even if you don't know what it is just yet. But if you live like, you know, if you live a purposeless life, then you're going to allow other people to steer your boat. And that boat is steered in a really sour direction that tells you you'll never be good enough. So keep trying. Right. Mm -hmm. There's some very, very powerful points you shared there. So the three sort of tips you've given us when it comes to taking the steps towards healing is like, number one, prioritizing how you live over how you look which I love that one so much because we do forget that it's about the quality of the life we live, not how it is we're looking in every single moment of this life. Uh, Mm -hmm. The second thing is detaching from your body image. And then the third was realizing and living your purpose. Mm -hmm. I find them such powerful steps. And I really loved listening to how you broke them down and explained them to us. And something that really stood out for me was when you were talking about I believe it was under the point of detach from your body image. And you were talking about like looking at a still image of yourself and thinking, okay, in this photo, this is this is how I need to look all of the time. And a struggle that I've always had is like looking at a still image that I've taken of myself, whether it be a fitness image or like, you know, just an occasion where I'm really well dressed up. And like, you know, you're obviously documenting it and posting it because you're feeling so good in that moment. And then after that moment, looking back at it and feeling a disconnect. And for me personally, the thought that comes into mind is you're a fraud. You don't always look like that. Your body only looks that good in photos. It doesn't look like that in real life. Same with your face. You do not look like that in real life. Like stop posting all of these things to make yourself look better than who you are. You're being a fraud. And that's exactly what goes through my mind. And it's wild. So like, do you connect with that at all? Like, what do you have to say about that? Oh, yeah, 100%. And I I don't know if you're a believer, but that's the devil, lady. (laughs) But it is, it's that that nasty voice for those of you who aren't very spiritual, the inner critic, right? The inner critic that comes constantly nagging you and undermining every single decision or every single accomplishment that you've ever had in your life. The inner critic will tell you, you're, you're still not good enough. You've never been good enough. And I think to combat those, it is that detaching from that moment, you know, like the still photos, like even in transformation photos, like people think, oh, now I have to be this. And there's pressure there. Like our bodies are ever changing. We literally change from the day that we're born to the day that we die. We never stop changing. And how how crazy is it to think that we will look the same all throughout our days? And like, how many times have I asked women, like, who is it? Like, what do you think the ideal body image is? And most people are aware that it's not, you know, you know, the Barbie doll look. They just want to look how they looked 10 years ago. And I'm like, well... Why would you want to look that way? Again, you know what problems that girl was having. You remember the disordered eating behaviors. You remember the mental, like, you know, mind fucks that you were going through at that time. You remember how little you valued yourself. Why would you ever want to go back to that body? And so I think it comes down to a place of like, that's a nice memory. And that's not who I am. I'm this person today. It's waking up new every day. 
And yes, you can have these beautiful memories and these beautiful pictures, but I think it's, it's detaching from, again, what you think other people are thinking of you because those voices are not your own. They're what you think other people think, like the imposter, like you're a fraud. Like, why would you have that thought? Well, because you think someone is going to see you in real life and be like, she doesn't look like her pictures. She doesn't look like that at all. But you know what? If you felt beautiful in that photo and you posted it, that's raw. That's real. And then you move on. The next day, you may not look like that. And you have to be okay with an ever-changing body. It's like they say, you know, the one thing that's certain in life, it's that life is uncertain. It's like, I don't know if I'm going to wake up bloated tomorrow. I, I, could, I could wake up bloated. I could wake up five pounds heavier. I don't weigh myself anymore. I don't care. Like I am brand new today because I choose to be. And I think that, that it comes down to that decision of, I don't need to be that person that I was yesterday. I don't need to be the person that I was 10 years ago. What I need to do is love myself exactly as I am right now. And that's a decision that you have to make every single day. And it's really hard. Like I said, in a society that idolizes transformation photos, that it's like, look where I was, look where I am. And then now you have to be that person, right? <laughs> it's, it's unrealistic. Like we're going to change throughout our whole lives. Mm-hmm. Exactly that. And that's a topic that like lots of people have sort of been bringing up to me lately is uh, to just shift your mindset to be accepting of the fact that your body is going to change on a daily basis, literally on an hourly basis. And mm-hmm. so you have to be okay with, you know, changing over prolonged periods of time as well, not necessarily looking like the version of yourself you were six months ago and embracing who it is that you are now. So what would you say is a great way to really start detaching from that negative mindset of, oh, I need to look like, you know, Emily from January, who was mm-hmm. at her absolute fittest and instead being able to move forward with a different mentality where you can embrace just being healthy and feeling strong and just feeling good in yourself. I think it's coming to the realization that you weren't confident then. I think that I, I've had these conversations with multiple women where it's like, well, I was confident then. Were you? Were you, when you were at your thinnest, when you're at your fittest, were you really feeling confident? And it was like, well, no, I felt confident when somebody gave me a compliment right? When somebody noticed my hard work, when somebody noticed that I had been training really hard and I got, I got a brief moment of relief, like it was worth it. Right. That that's what we have been like, we've started to believe is confidence and confidence carries with you all day long. It's not something that it shook or risen based on what other people are saying to you, what other people's opinions are of you. It's from within. And I think that how I start that process with women is uncovering the fact that you weren't happy. You weren't happy with your body. You weren't confident with your body. So what needs to actually change? Well, that then they understand that it's like, oh, like, I guess I need to change like how I'm thinking about myself. It's like, okay, well, what are you thinking about yourself that I'm disgusting, that I'm not enough, that I'm not worthy, that, that I have to be thinner and that, that just like is we don't have the self-love that we need. Right. And so coming to the realization that you don't love yourself is really rough. It's, it's a rough go. Right. But once you come to the awareness of man, like I haven't loved myself, I don't think ever, like, I don't think I've ever actually been able to like, look at myself in the mirror and say, I love you. I love you, girl. 
your I'm about you. I'm for you. I'm working on you. We're doing this together. Like that, I think when I started being able to talk to myself in the mirror like that, that was when the body image was like, all right, I can do this. Like, I don't need to be a certain shape because I got me. I don't, I don't need someone else's opinion of me to determine whether or not I was good. So yeah, I think working on that first step of, of realizing that it has nothing to do with your body, has everything to do with your internal temperature. I cannot agree more with everything you just said there. Like, because you're right, it's like you lack confidence in yourself unless someone is externally validating you. And that was exactly what I can connect with as well, because I would have moments where I felt confident in myself, but it was when I had received some sort of praise externally, whether it be reactions to a story or someone complimenting you at the gym, like whatever it may be, that confidence came from the external validation and never came from within. And you're right. It is a a pattern that like you continually carry through your life because literally just reflecting on it now, like. I remember when I was, I was probably 17 or 18 and I have some photos popping up in like Snapchat memories and I have six clear abs and I have (laughs) like, I, at that time genuinely thought I was fat and Mm. I look at that now and I actually feel sick because I'm like that poor girl. Like that poor girl was skin and bone. I remember I was training literally like two, three times a day sometimes. Like I would go to the gym in the morning, run on the treadmill because I hated cardio, but I'd run on the treadmill anyway, (laughs) go back at night, do a weight session for like two hours as well. Like I was living in the gym and, and there was no confidence there whatsoever in that person who I was and that's sort of carried across the years as well because even as an adult like going to the gym and not being able to see where you're truly at like I know that's something that so many people can struggle with right like you look in the mirror and you don't necessarily see what other people are seeing and that can be one of the hardest things when working out especially when you have that discipline to show up and you're just like okay I'm going to push harder then or I'm going to eat cleaner then or I'm going to do this then And I think the more we talk about it, there's something that really comes up that I know so many people are going to connect with. And it's the pressure when you are a fit person, right? Like this, this, I feel like there's this thing, like I can't speak up and say, I have body issues because people are going to look at me and go, what are you talking about? Your body is perfect. Your body is thin. You've got like you know, my ideal physique, how dare you say that you've got body issues when you have everything that so many other people are working so hard to achieve, right? Like where there's that element of, I can't speak up about the, like, you know, negative mindset that I carry because what people see doesn't connect with what I say. So what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's brutal out there. Like the world is brutal and it it's, I think because um, our bodies are something that people can measure with their eyeballs, they feel more inclined to say something, right? Versus like someone who's wealthy and has been given a privileged life and they say, I have depression, right? With so many people would judge that person and be like, you have everything. Why are you, why are you that way? You know, like you should be happy. You should be happy. But 
happiness comes from within. It comes with your connection to yourself, with your spiritual connection, with your connection to other people. There's so many other factors that come into play. And so that judgment that we receive from the world, it's unfortunate, but it's how it is. And it's not fair. It really isn't. But I think it's so important and so powerful for especially women in leadership, even if they don't look like they have disordered eating, if they don't look like they have body image issues, it's important to speak up about it because you are not alone. And there are people on, you know, on in everybody's life that needs to know that they're not alone. And I think of this as, you know, I I coach girls who have like sisters or cousins or aunts, you know, and you, we all have an impact around each other and we need to change the dialogue. And while it is uncomfortable to talk about because you might get some backlash from somebody standing firm in the fact that my pain matters. I don't care what you think about my pain. My pain matters. And this is something that I do struggle with and I'm seeking help and I want to bring people with me. So I think that it's, it's, it's hard to talk about. And, but I think the fear, I think I would fear more that people stay quiet and struggle silently than expose their shameful feelings and be able to lift people up. Because while there are people that would bark and say whatever they want to say, there's more people to be helped than there are to be, you know, people that are going to ridicule. And I think you just need to make that choice of, am I going to stay alone and afraid or am I going to voice my hurts and my pains and be bold to make this journey and bring other people with me. And it's so crazy as well, because literally today, like I posted something on my Instagram just before we popped on this call. And I was posting about like the struggles that I'm having with my own body image. And with it, I attached like a photo that I took the other day. It was a photo when I was feeling confident in myself and I posted it with the caption. And as as soon as I posted it, the thought in my head was, People are going to think you're a fraud. People are going to think that you're just fishing for attention. How dare you post a photo of your body in the state that it's in, which is considered amazing to some people, and then say that you have all these issues around your confidence with it and that you feel like you're fat and that you're this and you're that. So it's really reassuring to hear that from you, you know, and, and to know that it's better to vocalize rather than to internalize. and just because other people don't necessarily understand what it is you're putting out there and might criticize you for what you're putting out there, the people that need to hear it, like that's who you need to post it for, that's who you need to share it for, and that's who you need to speak up for. So I love your whole perspective on that just there. And I really love how like my biggest takeaway from all of this is when it comes to body image, when it comes to self-image, it's all about building your confidence in yourself rather than building your fitness routine or your diet to a level that is going to push your body to get the physical results, right? It's about getting the mental results with it, getting the confidence with it. So what is your tips on, I guess, stepping into confidence more to be able to really work through and overcome your body image and self-image issues? I think, well, I think my first tip would be to start taking action. We know that taking action builds confidence, right? Because when you've seen yourself do something once, it's really easy to, it's not really easy. It's more uh, desirable to do it again, right? So I think that thing that you've been thinking of doing that you haven't been doing, that you've been sitting there thinking I should do it, just do it once, you know, and that, that 
breaking it down into smaller goals. I think I really work hard with my clients to how can we make this so simple for you that, okay, my only goal this week is to drink my two and a half bottles of water. That's my nutrition goal. Like that is it. I'm not going to worry about eating whole foods. I'm not going to worry about, you know, my meal times. I'm not going to worry about any of that crap because in reality, to build your confidence, you have to know that you are taking care of yourself And it's really a better way to do it by taking action in small ways to slowly build that confidence from within. Now that's like more of like the doing side of things, right? So then the second part of that is really looking at yourself and who you are and getting in tune with who you are. And like you love journaling too. I'm a big fan of journaling and I am a big fan of asking really, really tough questions of like, who am I? What are my goals? What are my passions? Like, what is my purpose on this earth? And if I don't have the answers to those questions, then you better be asking yourself every single day to figure out who you are. Because like I said, if you don't figure out who you are, then the world will tell you who you are. And and we don't need that. You know, we need your unique abilities. And I think when you dig down into your journal and you understand that your uniqueness is beautiful And it's not something to be afraid of or try to make normal. And to build your confidence, you have to love your uniqueness. You have to love the you (laughs) inside, right? So action step, getting to know yourself, really toning in yourself. And then I have to say this, um, it's just connecting to a spiritual side. I believe wholeheartedly that God your higher power, whatever it is, that is my greatest confidence because I know who I am and that I am always loved and that I am never alone. And even if it's the universe that you believe, I just really believe that believing in something gives you power because you know that you're never alone and you don't have to do it on your own. And while I would love to help all of the people in the world build their confidence, I know that in reality, it's between you and your your higher power. And when you step into that place of being counseled and nurtured and loved by your higher power, then that's when it's like all of the shame and guilt and stuff, you have somewhere to put it, like not just out on Instagram because the world will tear you up, right? But bringing it to that place of like, I see all this stuff and I need help and I'm not sure what to do with it. And then it's like, all of a sudden you have these creative ideas and these flows and this understanding and doors start opening for you. And then you're like, Whoa, like I didn't really do anything. I just like opened myself up and exposed my shame. And now I'm feeling freedom. Right. So those are my three tips. (laughs) I love them. I really do love them. You know, like the points of choosing yourself, prioritizing yourself, deciding what Uh, who it is you want to step into. And like when it comes to the spiritual side of things, I think that's an awesome perspective to add as well. Because when you're talking about spirituality, you're expanding bigger than just your physical self, right? You're looking at something that's far greater than just you. And you're also pulling yourself out of like that uh, self-judgment of like, oh, I am not good enough. I am not this. I am not that. I am not worthy because I look a certain way. And you're realizing that you have a far greater purpose than to look a certain way or to appear a certain way. And that 
what your body is for is to be a vessel to fulfill that greater purpose, right? And and it really just makes it larger than yourself. And I think whenever you can disconnect from yourself and be more focused on your purpose, that's when the massive shifts really do happen. So I love that you brought that in as a new perspective to add to that because that is something that is really super powerful in itself. So I do have a few more things I want to ask you before we wrap up this episode. I know this has been a longer episode than usual, but (laughs) I think that this is, you know, I don't want to cut something short and avoid going into a greater level of depth just because of time. Like these are things people need to hear. So if you could share with us like a few different affirmations that you find really powerful or mantras even, like different things that we can start vocalizing to ourselves on a daily basis and reminding ourselves of because like, you know, we're both mindset coaches. So as we know, we become what we think. So becoming aware of how it is you are thinking and talking about yourself now and being able to change that, what are some powerful things that you have found worked for you or you could suggest um, for our listeners to start using? Yeah, I love that. I mean, my affirmations are pretty simple personally. I tell myself I'm perfect every day. <laughs> it sounds it sounds conceited, but I think in that perf- in in that perfection that I see myself, it's I'm people like to use the term imperfect perfectly imperfect, but what I see is that I am constantly in pursuit of myself. And that is what makes me perfect is that I am, I'm happy with myself. I love myself, but I'm never satisfied and I want more. And because of that, I see my perfection in my flaws, like in my mistakes. And I still have things that I battle every day, every single day, but it's like those, those things are perfect because they're getting me to where I need to be. And that has brought me to a place where I can get comfortable with my failure. So I think that that was a really powerful affirmation for me. I think all things work together for my good is another one. Because when I first started my intuitive eating journey and letting go of my body image issues, it was like I gained weight. My body changed and I like felt totally out of control. And I was like, how can this be good? Like, this is so wrong. Like, this is not health. Like, you know, I'm, I'm so different. But if it's true that all things work together for my good, that means that I don't see it right now. I don't see how gaining weight is benefiting me personally, but I know it's benefiting other people to watch me go on my journey. I know that I'm inspiring others to let go of their body image issues. I don't know if I'm going to be a different size next year. I'm, you know, I have heard stories of people on their intuitive eating journeys that, you know, shrink back down to different sizes. And it's like, I can't even hope for that. What I do know is that it will be good. And I think standing on that promise of knowing that all things work together for my good has kept me in line with my outcomes. And my outcome that I'm desiring is to be happy and to feel loved. And the only person that can give those things to me is me. So I would just, I really just stand on those two affirmations myself. I work on affirmations with my clients based on what their limiting beliefs are or what their you know, currently struggling with, I'll build their affirmations for them as an individual. And I actually have them vocalize it and verbalize it for themselves of like, what is meaningful to you? Because your affirmation has to mean something to you. It can't just be words that you repeat. It's good to repeat 
affirmations every day, but it like, you have to feel it in your soul that it is the truth or that it will be true for you. So it's kind of how I work with affirmations. <laughs> I like that though. Like that, that's a great sort of example that you've provided with the affirmations you use and yeah, being able to become clear on what your main limiting beliefs are and the way that you're talking to yourself at the moment about your body image and all of that. And then taking what you discover and creating your own affirmation to reinforce the opposite or to reinforce the ideal outcome that you want to be in. Like it is a very personalized thing. And unless your affirmations are personalized to you, they're not going to have the same sort of effect. And when you like were talking before about the first affirmation, like I am perfect, I noticed you said, you know, it sounds conceited. And the first thing that came to mind is like, it's not conceited to compliment yourself, right? Like we need to normalize complimenting ourselves because why is it that we can't say that I am perfect or that I look hot or that I am powerful or that I am this and I am that? Because too often, like the reason why people struggle with saying their affirmations, and I've heard this from a lot of clients I've worked with, is they struggle with saying the affirmations because they struggle with complimenting themselves. And Mm -hmm. they struggle with complimenting themselves because they think, oh, people are going to think this of me. People are going to think that of me. It makes me this sort of a person if I'm going to compliment myself. So I think it's so important to realize that you can compliment yourself. You can own your power. And like, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing conceited about that. So I think everyone needs to be telling themselves they're perfect every single day because like, that's a powerful thing to be doing. Absolutely. Way to like boost my confidence, Emily Jane. You got me. I'm like, yeah, I'm perfect. (laughs) That's what we're here for. That's what we're Uh here for, to reaffirm that with each other. (laughs) So then, you know, we can start elevating and truly believing it in ourselves. But Brie, can you, for obviously all of our listeners, because this is the Empower With Them podcast, Can you leave us all with like, you know, one final piece of empowering advice today? So like, you know, whether it's something that you wish you told your younger self or something that you carry with yourself now, like what is the one piece of empowering advice you'd love to leave everyone with? I think it's you are worth it. I feel like people say you are worthy all the time, but you are worth the struggle. You are worth the 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 trying to trying something new you are worth letting go of your body image issues you're worth like paying someone to help you through it you're worth you know reading the books you're worth it I feel like it's not something that you should do it's something that you deserve to get out of these body image thoughts and just realizing your own self-worth and stepping into that place of I'm doing this because I care for myself and not because I need to change. I think that's really powerful. So you're worth it. (laughs) I love that because it's so simple yet so true. You know, like whether it be putting in the time, like creating the time to go do something for yourself or whether it be putting the money and investing the money into yourself in some way, shape or form, whether it be just go and getting your nails done, go and getting your hair done or getting yourself a coach like you said, like you are worth you're worth it. Mm-hmm. No? <laughs> Don't say that your transformation and your growth isn't worth the investment of time, energy, or money, like whatever it may be, you are truly worth it. And so I think that's such a powerful note to end this episode on. So in saying that, Brie, like if our listeners want to come and find you, come hang out with you, follow your journey, or even potentially work with you, you know, where can they find you after this episode? 
Yeah, I would love to connect with anyone. If you guys want to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at Brianna underscore B dot fit or TikTok. And I do have a Calendly link on there if anybody wants to book a call time. And I just want to get to know as many people as I possibly can and see, you know, build a community where we're all just trying to be our best selves, do the right thing by each other, build our confidence. And I would love to connect with more people. So see you guys out there. Amazing. Well, I'll pop all those links into the show notes so people can find you with ease. But otherwise, Brie, thank you so much for coming on. I've loved our conversation. It's I definitely needed to have this and um, it's benefited me in so many ways. And I know that so many others are going to benefit from it as well. So thanks, gal. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Emily Jane, you are amazing. And what you're doing for the world is so powerful. And I just appreciate you so much for taking the time to have me on here. I'm I'm amazed by you and to call you my friend is amazing oh i love you (laughs) i love you (laughs) so that's a wrap on today's episode if you enjoyed this podcast or know somebody who needs to hear this then send this to them and share it to your stories tagging me at empower.with.m.podcast if you want more from the podcast make sure you jump on over to the empower community on facebook I have popped the link in the show notes of this episode, so I can't wait for you to join me there. But that's all from me for now, fam. It's time I love you and leave you. So until we hang again, remember you can break through any limiting mindset, any limiting belief, and you can rise above any challenge and step up and truly be empowered.